0: Well, hey friends, welcome back to Anchored in Always. Um, so today I have my dad back on the show. And if you have been listening for a while, um, you probably heard some um some of the episodes with my dad. And um, I know that many of you really enjoy the episodes and just um the teaching that he brings to uh the podcast, and as do I. And so the reason I asked dad to come back on the show today was um I listen to his YouTube channel as well. And a quick note on that, if you are a listener that's been, you know, following him on YouTube and listening to those, he's taken a little bit of a break over the summer, um, with, with posting new episodes, but um, he wanted me to make sure to let you all know that starting back the last week of September, um, he's going to be starting back with a new series on his YouTube channel. And as I've done in the past, I will, post the link to his YouTube channel, as well as his email. If you are interested in getting on the email list, um, that's a great way to stay updated on when he has a new episode on his YouTube channel, as well as he will sometimes provide an outline that goes with what he's speaking about. And those are really useful to be able to take some good notes. Um, So that'll all be available in the show notes on this episode today for you all. But um, I was listening to one of his episodes recently, Um, right before the series he did on conflict resolution and our conflict avoiding conflict was yeah and um this one was um titled selfish ambition and um and it was just so convicting to me in a good way it was like as I was listening I really was like man you know I need to um really pray and and center my heart and look at my intentions, um, when I do things. Cause often I think, you know, my intentions are good, but, but are they really selfishly motivated at the end of the day? Um, and I had to really think about some things and be prayerful about it. And, And so it was a really good conviction, not, you know, I didn't feel like condemned or shame and guilt, but just conviction from the Holy Spirit of really just thinking about that. And so I thought it would be great because I felt if I'm feeling that way, maybe some of you um, need to hear a word about this as well. And so I um, invited my dad to come on the show and just kind of give us the highlights of that particular um, YouTube video. Um, But I would definitely encourage you to go to his channel and listen because there'll be more detail on the channel than what we have time for today. But with that, Dad, uh, thanks for coming back and being on the show today and just taking the time out of your schedule to talk about this really important topic. We're just glad to have you.
1: Good to be here, honey. Always uh, enjoy being part of your podcast and uh, just being able to share the word with people. So, uh, you know, this uh, selfish ambition thing, that was interesting. Part of the motivation for that is that every time I read that, uh, I feel this uh, sense of conviction because that's been uh, an, an area that of struggle uh, in my life. So, you know, it's, it, um, you know it's, it's been very helpful for me as I've gone through the scriptures to see what God has to say about that and, and how dangerous it is, you know, for our spiritual well-being. So, um, yeah, I was glad to be able to come on today and just be able to share some things with that.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's what I what I got out of it, too, was just that uh, awareness, that kind of self-awareness. I think just being able to kind of check in with myself and be like, OK, well, you know, what are my motives? And it can be a slippery slope. And so I think everything you shared um, and what you're going to share today is just really helpful for us as believers to just, you know, really look at our ourselves and, and why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. Um, and so with that, Dad, if you could just maybe share with us in the, uh, that YouTube episode, you shared um, several characteristics, six characteristics, I believe it was, on um, you know, um, this topic of selfish ambition. And so what does that look like? Like, what are we looking for as believers that what are some of those characteristics that you could maybe um, briefly talk about with us today?
1: Well, uh, most of them come out of Philippians chapter two, chapter one and two. And um, uh, let me just uh, reiterate those six. And like you said, Katie, I think it'd be great if the people just want to go back there and listen to it rather than try to rehash all that stuff here. But let me just mention them based upon and I'll tell you what I'll do. I I wasn't thinking about doing this, but I'll I'll do this just so people have kind of a uh, understanding of where we're coming from. Let me just read those two verses out of Philippians chapter two. Actually, there was one in uh, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, Paul was talking about, um, he, uh, if you remember in Philippians, uh, he's, it's one of the prison epistles. So he is in prison, and he's writing from prison, and he's, uh, he's uh, being guarded 24 hours a day. And uh, so you have to pity the guards because... Uh, you think about being chained to Paul for 24 hours a day. They would run eight-hour shifts. So he'd get three different ones every day that he could share the gospel with. And, and that's what he talked about. You know, he says in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And he said, most of the brothers, having become confident of the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So he's talking about this, encouraged other believers in the church of Philippi to share the gospel. But then he says, "Some indeed preach Christ from envy and selfish ambition." There was that word that you can actually that see that always amazed me. You can you can actually preach Christ and do it in a selfish way. You could actually proclaim the gospel and be selfish about it. He says. um, So some indeed preach Christ from envy and selfish ambition, but others from goodwill. The latter, the ones who do it out of goodwill, they do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So that's one of the passages we use, and I'll I'll refer back to that in just a second. And then in chapter 2, Verses 3 and 4, he says this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more um, significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So out of those two verses, there were six characteristics that I saw from selfish ambition. One one was this. First one was that selfish ambition is a partner of conceit and an enemy of humility. That came out of verse 2 of chapter 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So you saw by the conjunction or that Conceit was linked to selfish ambition. So there's a pride element in selfish ambition when we're seeking to promote ourselves. So he says, don't do anything from that. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, and whenever you see a but in Scripture, what you got to remember is there is an immediate contrast with what has just been said. So what was just said was, don't do anything from selfish ambition or conceit, but here's how you do it, in humility, in humility. So what he's saying is that humility is the absolute opposite of selfish ambition. And, you know, as I read through the scriptures, there is great, great reward from God for being humble. There is great, great problems with God when you're proud. Uh, I think of two verses. One's in James four seven, where it says, uh, "I think it's four or five. Maybe God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble." So, um, this selfish ambition, when we're like we're fighting against God when we allow that in our life. So it's a partner of conceit. It's an enemy of humility. Secondly, I said that selfish ambition is an enemy of sincerity or genuineness. And that comes out of that Philippians 1 passage that I read at first, that some preach the gospel from selfish ambition. And the key was verse 18, where Paul said, the ones who preached the gospel from selfish ambition, they preached in pretense. In other words, they pretended. They weren't sincere. That's what the word means. They weren't sincere. They weren't genuine compared to those who preached in truth. And when he uses that phrase in truth, that means with sincerity or in genuineness. So that when you compare all those statements, you begin to realize that people who struggle with selfish ambition, they, they, they don't speak and do things with a genuineness or a sincerity. They do things, they may serve others, but they do it, For their own profit. So selfish ambition was an enemy of sincerity and genuineness. Number three, selfish ambition will never consider others as more significant than themselves. I mean, this was very plain. Chapter three or verse three of chapter two, Philippians, Paul says, Count others more significant than yourself. That's what humble people do. Humble people love to listen to other people. Humble people want to hear other people's story. Selfish, ambitious people want other people to hear their story. Uh, they want to be the center of attention. And so, you know, it, it's like if if you struggle with selfish ambition, you're not going to be a person who considers others. Uh, better than yourself. You're not going to look at their interests above your own. You're going to want to promote your own above theirs. So, selfish ambition will never consider others as more significant than themselves, which Paul says we're to do. Number four, selfish ambition will never look first to the interest of others. Where in verse four now of chapter two. He says, Look not only upon your own interests, but look also to the interests of others. Um, you know, be excited about hearing what God is doing in somebody else's life. Be excited about letting a person share things that are going on in their life instead of you always having to be the center of attention, instead of you always having to uh, to be first. Matter of fact, it's interesting. I kind of liken this, I think, on the podcast to, uh, you know, when... Uh, you're talking to someone about you caught a fish and the fish was, you know, this long, but the person with selfish ambition. Oh yeah. Well you should have seen the fish I caught. Well, it was this long, you know, I was like four or five feet longer kind of thing. Uh, you always got a one up when, whenever you, whenever you are not looking first to the interest of others because of selfish ambition, you always get this feeling. you got to one up the person you're talking to and So, selfish ambition never will look first to the interest of others. And I I like that, is is that Paul wants us, don't look at your own interests, but look to the interest of others. Do make this the priority. And I think you got to be really intentional about that. You know, I think you've got to. Uh, especially if you struggle with selfish ambition, you got to go into situations and say, okay, today I'm going to ask them questions to let them talk about themselves or I'm going to ask them questions that center around them um, because if not, you'll just you'll just slide right off the slope right back into selfish ambition and you'll you'll just be talking about yourself and that kind of thing. So uh, so that was number four selfish ambition will never look first to the interests of others. Philippians 2, four And then number five, selfish ambition seeks its own interest exclusively. Um, person who struggles with selfish ambition can only think about what's going to profit them in the long run. Now, what I mean by that is this. It's not that people with selfish ambition won't serve others or they won't serve the church or serve in the church. But it's what the underlying motive for that is. You know that they're they're serving because there's a need for recognition. They're serving because there's a need for praise. And then when they don't get that, they're they're really offended. They're really hurt. Uh, they didn't get honored. Somebody or or you know like if they're serving uh, in a ministry and someone else gets honored in that ministry, it's to them they're offended because well I I, I serve too and nobody nobody said anything about what I do, you know, those are all indications of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition, (laughs) excuse me, always celebrates the victories of someone else. Uh, Excuse me, never celebrates the victories of someone else. Selfish ambition never celebrates the victories of someone else um, because they're so consumed with self. So even if they initially look like they're they're serving and that kind of thing. There's an underlying motive behind that. And we looked at um, in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul gave some examples of people who showed genuine humility and not selfish ambition. Of course, the first one was Jesus, which we're going to look at in just a second. But the second one was Timothy later on. Paul talks about Timothy, says he just naturally cares about you. You know there was just a natural caring in timothy's heart for people and then the other one was a man named epaphroditus uh beginning in verse 25 of chapter 2 and epaphroditus was one of the leaders of the philippi church probably he was the one designated to bring the gift of money uh that the church had raised for the poor churches in judea to, to bring to paul and um while he was there, he ministered to Paul, but he got sick, and, and Paul was concerned for his life, and yet he was more concerned about, you know, Paul and his imprisonment. So he just displayed this tremendous unselfish spirit, he, you know, not guilty of selfish ambition at all. So what, Paul gives some really good examples in there of people who really sought the interests of others and not just themselves, were a selfish, ambitious person will seek their own interest exclusively. And then six, which was, I felt, the most important of them all. Selfish ambition is the complete opposite of the mind and the character and the attitude and the instruction of Jesus Christ. For instance, if we continue to read in chapter two, and let me just do that, uh, verse five, It says this, um, so let me pick it up at verse 3, and you'll kind of see the contrast. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others Then this. In verse 5, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, have the mind of Christ. And how was the mind of Christ? Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, took upon him the form of a servant, was born in the likeness of men. being found in fashion, in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's the greatest example that we have just in the Lord Jesus himself, that is his mind and his attitude. It was always about others. He was always about others, never about himself. And yet he's the son of God who deserves all the glory and all the praise. But that was his example. And, you know, the interesting thing, Katie, is that this, this whole thing is so... Um, I think the reason that I felt compelled to talk about it is our culture is just caught up with self. I mean, it's the buzzword today. You got self-improvement seminars, self-confidence seminars, self-help seminars, self-esteem, self-image, self-improvement. Everything is about self. So, you know, it, it, we shouldn't be surprised by that because the Apostle Paul said this would characterize people as we get closer to the end. Uh, I was reading 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 and 2, and Paul said this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. Wow. Well, we see that. Lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. The one thing that you should emphasize in self is self-control, and that's what they won't have. They'll love themselves so much that they'll do anything besides control themselves. They won't love good They're treacherous. They're reckless. And then uh, this one, which went right along with what we read in Philippians, swollen with conceit, swollen with conceit. When you become a lover of yourself, it's because you're swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having the appearance of godliness and denying his power. And then Paul says this, very interesting. He said, avoid such people. (laughs) Avoid such people. Stay away from them. And Paul's own testimony, I think, is very interesting. When we talk about, uh, um, you know, not being selfish, ambitious, but being humble, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12 that um, he was given a thorn in the flesh. He says here in uh, chapter 12, 2 Corinthians 7-11, he says, to keep me from being too elated or too proud or too puffed up about myself because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. So in other words, what he's saying is because I've gotten all this word from God and I've given it to you and I know it's from God, I could really think, wow, look at me. God talks to me and I talk to you. That's pretty cool. He said, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being elated. So twice he says to keep him from being proud or conceited or puffed up this thorn was giving to him so this thorn didn't come from satan it came from god it was a gift from god to keep him from being proud because satan has never tried to keep us from being proud so he said three times i pleaded with the lord about this that it should leave me but he jesus said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness wow then he says this, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. When have you ever heard a selfish, ambitious person boast about their weaknesses? See, that is completely the opposite of mindset of people who struggle with selfish ambition. They want to boast about their strengths. They want, to, they want you to know what they're good at. Paul says, wow, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. Uh, Our preoccupation with self wants to exhibit strengths, weaknesses, not healthy for our self-esteem, okay? But that's not Paul's thinking. And so he says, I want to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ or the strength of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm... Strong, or I'm made strong, and uh, th- let me let me clarify something too, honey. With that, when I'm going to talk about this, Paul's not saying here, and neither is Jesus, that we should be some kind of a downer person. You know, walk around with our with negative self-talk like, uh, "Well, I'm a nobody, I'm no good, I haven't got anything to offer the world," uh, that kind of thing. You know what? That is still a very subtle promotion of self, because now what you're looking for is pity. So now you got now you're dealing with self-pity. And so what he's saying, though, is this, is that our real strength, our real confidence, our real worth doesn't come from exalting ourselves. It comes from Christ being in us. And when we recognize the value of who we are in Christ and that Christ is in us and our strength comes from him, then and he is more glorified when we're weak rather than when we're promoting our own strength, then that's when he received glory and uh you know, just one other thing on this. I, I thought it was interesting. Of when you think of all the emphasis today on self, how does this? How does all of this um, reconcile with what Jesus taught in Luke nine twenty three? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Wow. Well, that's not word we're doing. We're promoting self. And Jesus says, Look, if you want to be my disciple, you got to deny yourself. It's completely the opposite of all this self stuff. And you got to take up your cross daily. In other words, this is something you got to battle every day. And you got to follow me. And again, the denying of self, it doesn't mean that we're not taking care of ourselves or we don't enjoy anything in this life because all those things are gifts from God. It doesn't mean we walk around with a long face looking at the ground all the time. What self-denial is, is it's really, uh, if you don't deny yourself, then you're breaking the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And that includes ourselves. We can't be a god ahead of God. Okay? What self-denial simply means is that we are so committed and so submitted to Christ's lordship on our life that we will not let anything or any person take a place above him. That's self-denial. So our self-esteem is not in ourself. Our self-esteem is in Christ because he's in us. Our confidence is not in ourself. Our confidence is in Christ's strength working through us. So the issue is not hating on myself. It's just loving Christ to the degree that I'll give up anything and everything for him. I, I hope that makes sense because I know we're kind of doing a condensed version of that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a summary of it.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah, I loved all of those six points when I listened to it and I thought that was a great summary because there was so much um great information in in those six characteristics. And honestly, like um <laughs> unfortunately, I found that I resonated with more of them than I would have liked to, but it was really good for me to hear that because it really helped me just kind of, you know, spend some time in prayer and self-reflection. Um because one of the things you said, um, you know, you can you can serve and still be, you know, coming from an an ungenuine or unsincere place, um, serving out of, you know, impure motives, like, you know, still doing the right things, but for the wrong reason, you know, to just get attention or the pat on the back or, or those kind of things, more than loving people. And, and the humility part, when you were talking about humble people want to hear other people's story versus, you know, someone who struggles with selfish ambition, um, who love to just share their own story and, and talk. And I do, you know, like that is one thing that, you know, I do talk a lot and I've always struggled to like really take the time to listen. Um, and there's different reasons for that, that again, not all bad. Um, I think my intentions are good when I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have to recognize like, like, you know, I need to listen to other people and be curious about what's going on in their lives and their stories and allow them, you know, space to share and genuinely want to know, um, you know, what, what's going on and putting others before myself um in that way. So that was just a few of the areas that really kind of spoke to me personally. Um, And I think, you know, some people are just naturally better at this. I have some girlfriends, some good friends that are just great listeners. Mm -hmm. They are such people, like so people oriented and they just they just want to sit and talk and they'll listen and they and that's just their gift. You know, they are just naturally wired that way. And and so for someone like me, I maybe not um, wired that mean that way, but that doesn't mean, you know, that I can't still, you know, uh be humble and serve the Lord with the right heart. And so I think if you're listening to this and you are resonating with some of those, those characteristics, and instead of feeling like, you know, guilt and shame and condemnation, that's not the point here. Um, you know, we want to look at what what are some things that that we can do, you know, to to change that thinking or, you know, what does the Bible say about that that will help us? Um, you know, when we're, when we're faced with that and we're recognizing those, those characteristics in ourselves. So kind of leading to that, dad, what are some things that, you know, the Bible says, or what, what would you say to the person who's listening and struggling with that? Like, what are, what are, what can they do about that?
1: Well, you know, and, and, and something you said, Katie was really good. And I think it's important to say, and that's the problem always with doing a podcast or doing anything where you're trying to do it in 20, 25 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever so so many things that you don't you forget to say or you just have to leave out. But you brought up an interesting point. I think a person cannot can can unintentionally be selfishly ambitious. For instance, uh, you were talking about uh, you know that you like to share the things that God's doing in your life. Sometimes we we do get really excited about the things God is sharing in our life, and we're so excited about it, we're just like we're we're bubbling over. And we we just, we got to talk about it. And so I don't, I don't want to portray that every time a person struggles with selfish ambitions because they got these deep seated evil intentions of being the dominant. Now there are people like that, but I think sometimes it's just, we're just, we're so excited about what God is doing with us that we forget God may be doing something with with someone else and they've got something exciting to share too. So it's not that we can't ever share those things. And I think that was really important. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think as far as how we can combat this, uh, I think Paul gave it to us. Um, And again, not time today to go into detail about that, but I think number one is to remember we do have the mind and the attitude of Christ. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, you have the mind of Christ. And Paul turned around in, uh, in, in um, Philippians 2, and he said, let this mind or this attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So again, I just think, uh, go back to Philippians 2 and read verses 5 through 8 about the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ. He was God. He could have exalted himself. He took upon him the form of us. Everything he did was Humility he he modeled for us what being truly and genuinely humble is all about. And we already said in the first point that selfish ambition is the enemy of humility. It's the enemy of humility. So uh, go back and, and just, you know, realize that with the Holy Spirit in you, you have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ. Let that come out. Learn to practice that. Learn what it means to deny ourself. Uh, I think these things have to be on our minds. Uh, we have to think about them. Uh, there may be something in the morning that, that is, we have our quiet time with the Lord that we just need to rehearse with Him. Um, you know, if we know we're going to meet people throughout the day, maybe to... to Be very intentional about saying, be very intentional. Maybe uh, you're going to need to be as intentional as this, is sit down before you meet with someone and write out some questions you want to ask them so that it forces you to talk about them. And it just begins to build um, this other's first mentality in you. Um, I love uh, love what uh, Paul wrote in Romans 12. And you and I had talked about that a little bit. Um, I mentioned this on the podcast, Romans twelve ten, And I, I can't think of a better way and a better verse for uh, those of you listening to memorize. And it's not long, so you'll like that. But to memorize, to just have as an arsenal against this um, babble against selfish ambition than this Romans twelve ten, where Paul says this, love one another with brotherly love. And then this, outdo one another in showing honor. <laughs> that statement blows me away. In other words, look, you know, okay, I think I said this on the podcast or on the uh, YouTube teaching too. Uh, I'm competitive, okay? Uh, so I think, I think people who are really competitive struggle more sometimes with this uh, selfish, ambitious, uh, ambition thing. Um, <laughs> But if there's ever a place where competition can be great, here would be a great one. Be competitive to see if you can be the person who honors others more than anybody else. You know, outdo, I, I mean, it's just amazing the way Paul says this, outdo one another in showing honor, you know? So in other words, instead of having arguing about who's the better doing this, we have an argument of saying, you know what? I... I I'm outdoing you and showing honor. I'm, you know, I mean, yeah, don't do that. That's kind of a pride thing. But, you know, that's, that's where our energy should go. That if we just took that phrase serious, outdo one another in showing honor, um, that, would, that would go miles and miles in fighting this battle of selfish ambition put others ahead of yourself. I'll do anybody else in the way you seek to honor people. Uh, because the thing about selfish ambition is it has to be first. It has to be the center. And so when you when you make it in your intentional aim to outdo others and showing honor, you're battling. You're battling selfish ambition right there. Battling completely. So that that would be my suggestion.
0: Yes. Um. When you said that, I loved that about the, um. if you want to compete about something, let it be, you know, compete to be the person who honors others first. Yeah. And I think that is just such a great verse to memorize, Um. to just kind of bring it back to perspective. Like, what am I, because I think that is one thing I struggle with. And the reason sometimes that I, I get excited to share what God is doing in my life is because I can struggle with comparison. And I feel like, you know, um, I have to talk about everything that God's doing almost to remind myself, you know, that God is doing stuff in my life. And I'm, cause I have a tendency to compare about what he's doing in her life or that person's life or, or this person. And so just reminding myself, like if I want to outdo or, you know, uh, be competitive or compare with somebody, let it be like uh, in honoring others and serving others in, you know, glorifying God and humbling myself. And, um, I just love that. I feel like that's such a great way to focus on everything you talked about today. So, um, thank you so much, dad. I really appreciate you just sharing this with us. I think it's so needed. Like you said, we just live in such a self-focused, you know, society. And so, um, this has just been really helpful, um, so if, if you want to just close with any final thoughts or close us in prayer, um, just specifically for that person listening today who might be struggling with um, selfish ambition and just um, that they can just get a good word from this today, that would be wonderful.
1: Well, I just have one one closing thought, Katie, uh, to just remind people that uh, this is a lifelong battle mm-hmm. because selfish ambition is a work of the flesh and we will battle the flesh every moment until the day we go to heaven. And so Paul said in Galatians 5, 16 and 17, that we're to walk in the spirit and we will not gratify the desires of the flesh because the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit against the flesh. And they're opposed to each other to keep us from doing the things that we want to do. And so we just got to understand it's there. You know, the flesh is there, and we're going to have to battle. I still battle selfish ambition. I I did not teach this because I have conquered it. I taught this to remind myself of why I need to conquer it. A lot of times I I preach things that I need to remind myself on. As a matter of fact, I don't know that uh, this issue of selfish ambition, uh, I don't know that any line of work struggles with this more than pastors. Hmm. Um, you know, as they compare all oh, their church was is larger than our church or, you know, uh, more people listen to him than listen to me or they like his preaching better than my preaching or, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's a battle for all of us. And so we just need to understand that it's it's a lifelong battle and we we dress for battle every day. So we need to we need to do battle against this because, again, God resists the proud. He resists the selfish ambition, he ambitious. He gives grace to the humble. And I just want to be a candidate for his grace. I know you do too, and I'm sure the people listening do as well. So let's just, let's just pray together. Father, thank you for this time that we've been able to share. And thank you, Lord, for your word. We know the battles that we fight. Um, what is assuring to us is that we have solutions from your word for those battles. And, Lord, your greatest solution, obviously, is your Holy Spirit that lives in us. And that same Spirit who lives in us is the same Spirit who authored Scripture. And he knows the specific word that meets that specific temptation to be selfishly ambitious. And so I pray for any of those, uh, Father, all those who are listening today uh, to matter no, no matter what degree that they struggle with this. I pray Father that you would help them to walk in your spirit, to walk in your word, to let your word dwell in them richly in all wisdom, uh, to even this little verse that Paul gave in Romans 12, that Father would just resonate in our hearts, that we want to outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, Father, what would our churches look like? if we were committed to just that little phrase uh, every time we were with other believers. And so, Lord, I pray that you will give us that energy, that drive through your Holy Spirit, that motivation to be doers of your word and not just listeners, so that you are glorified and we are blessed, And we thank you for that in Jesus' name.
0: Hey friend, are you feeling stuck? Maybe in your relationship with God, yourself, or other people in your life? As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling on your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at And be sure to check out my brand new website at anchoredinalways.com for more information and to book your 20-minute free discovery session with me today. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.